You want to do it backwards? You wanna, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Welcome to Ninja Robot Dinosaur. This is Brandon. And I'm Nick. And we're just two guys trying to figure it out. We've been quarantined and uh, laid off from our jobs and trying something new. Practicing social distancing. Yes. And, you know, just trying to make the best of the time that we have. Uh, Brandon and I are used to working six plus days a week, sometimes seven, sometimes 14 days in a row, and uh, 65 to 70 hours a week. And so it's definitely been a change of pace for us going from full steam ahead, what felt like 24-7, to full stop 24-7. So just trying to to pick something up and do something to pass the time. And uh, I think we've talked about doing this for a long time. We have. And actually, this is not our first podcast. We've done a uh, trial podcast that we published for 36 hours just to kind of get some feedback from people. We're not going to republish it, but we did learn a lot about what to do and what not to do. It's been a learning experience for sure, going through with all of the, uh, with all the software and you know, hardware and technical issues of recording one of these things. I mean, you think that you can just plug and play and go, which you can to an extent, but it is a little bit challenging when it comes to all those aspects. I mean, even this morning, even after going through and having it figured out last time, we still had some technical issues this morning. So yeah, about two hours worth. Yeah, roughly, roughly yeah. <laughs> so, so <clears throat> do, cool. you, do you do you want to talk about what this podcast is about? Or sure, you, go ahead. Or would you like me to describe it? Well, we can both describe it. Okay. What this podcast is about is really just kind of doing the right thing. We got some funny stories to tell. We got some ideas we want to share, and we're probably going to complain a little bit about some things that we don't like. Well, you're going to complain a little bit. I'm going to complain a lot of it because I have very, very limited filter when it comes to my opinions and the way I believe things. If you don't like that, I'm sorry, but that's just the way it's going to be. I am very opinionated, and I don't have a problem telling people how I feel. Yeah, and this is not like a video game podcast, but we were going to talk about video games. We're going to talk about news one listener suggested that I talk about a recipe that I made. I like to cook. You know, I'm enjoying that, being home with my family and bonding with my son. So it just, we kind of go over just daily life. Right. We're going to review some things. We're going to just, basically, we're just two guys talking about life, talking about our experiences, and, you know, talking about the things that, you know, make us really happy and talking about the things that make us really irritated. For example, you know, this morning I'm on my way here to work. Well, not work. This is this. I'd like this to be my work. Actually, this would be really awesome if it could be work. Uh, we're actually recording this in the same geographical location as our work, so that's why I said work. It's it's a familiar drive to me to come up here. But on the way here this morning, I usually like to start my morning off with a nice cup of coffee. I had planned on purchasing a cup of coffee from a a local uh, coffee store. However, the line was astronomically long. So I pulled into another location to get a beverage because I was parched. And I grabbed some food as well. And the lady told me I would have to wait for the beverage. So I said, okay. I pulled around to the front and I waited for the beverage. 
She asked me if I wanted any sauce with my food. I said no. And I'm not going to name the location because the location and the and the, the company is irrelevant. But she brings out my food and my drink at once. I leave. I'm a block away getting ready to get back onto the freeway. I look in the bag. There is sauce in the bag that I didn't ask for. And there is no straw for the drink. Now, some people might say, well... That's a very trivial thing to say. You didn't have a straw, big deal. Well, this beverage had a a dome lid on the top because that's how it gets filled. So the only way that I was able to intake any of the beverage was to almost like suck the liquid out of the top of the, the dome lid until it got to the point where I could actually take the lid off. And my point of this is... No matter what you do, no matter what you're in charge of, no matter where you work, you need to pay attention, okay, and do things to the best of your ability. I know it might sound small. Oh, big deal. You're making a big deal. The person forgot a straw. I deal with this every single day with people not using their brains when it comes to very simple tasks. And it is very, very blood-boiling, irritating to me. I don't know if you would like to comment, if you have any of the same similar situations happen to you, but it seems like everything that I do, I run into the not-so-intelligent person. Well... It's unfortunate, but that's just what you're going to have happen. I know you and I, where we worked, we were had a very high level of attention to detail. And I kind of expect people, when I do business with them, to, to do the same thing. But I'm a little bit older than you, and I've, I realize that that's just never going to happen. But it's never going to happen because we allow it to never happen. We accept it as, well, these people, they don't care. That's, in my opinion, that's hogwash. Well, there seems to be some confusion. I'm kind of looking this up as you're talking about the um, straw law here in California. So (laughs) it's my understanding that you have to ask for a straw. There's many establishments still that don't make you ask for a straw. But I don't know if because of what's going on, the government is out more checking out businesses and making sure that they're abiding by the law and... um, so they probably may have gotten in trouble for that. Who knows? You know, I think the whole straw law, I've heard about it. I don't know that much about it, but I know that there is a, a coffee chain that attempted to uh, minimize the usage of straws and the lids that they produced in order to minimize the straw actually ended up using several times more plastic than the straw itself. So... I don't really understand the the point of that, but it is what it is at this point. I'm just going to continue to complain about society and their shortcomings and move on with life. I think it's time to talk about COVID-19. First of all, I'm not an expert on, in, on this virus or I'm not a doctor. I'm far from it. I don't know whether to take it very serious or whether I'm taking it too serious. I think there's a a definite... The problem is, I feel like we have been fed so much misinformation 
from so many different sources. Yeah. Wear a face mask. Don't, Don't wear, wear a face, face mask. Exactly. Wear gloves. Don't wear gloves. What do we... This Dr. Fauci guy, I'm not a big fan. I just... I, I'm not going to go get into it, really. But he should have been fired after the AIDS ep- epidemic that he failed miserably on. He did a terrible job. That scarf woman with the scarf in her nose that's always behind him. She doesn't even have a medical degree. It lapsed. So I'm really disappointed that the swamp wasn't drained with that particular department. And I do understand that the man has been busy. He's been attacked. He hasn't been able to do all the things he wants to do. And that probably was low on his priority list. But really, really disappointing the way this is all handled. For our country to be as infected as it is, or at least being told how infected it is what it is, it's just mind-blowing that it could get out of hand like this. It is, and I think that to an extent we've done what we could with the information that we've had. But let's not just blame people in our country. Let's 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 blame let's start the blame where it belongs, which is with China. This came out of China in my opinion. China knew about it long before they mentioned anything to anybody. If they would have been more forthcoming with information, I think we would have been able to adapt and overcome the situation much more efficiently and much more effectively than we have been able to. I feel like what we've been doing is we have been chasing this virus from inception. Well, it's it's a mutating virus. It's a very smart virus. Correct. So, go ahead. I'm just saying, I don't think that there's... I don't know of anything that we could have done differently, but I feel like in my, my, my body, my mind, my brain, I feel like we could have taken, there's something that we could have done differently to cut this thing off in a more effective way had we been given the information at the proper time. And by the proper time, I'm not talking about earlier in March. I'm not talking about February. I'm not talking about January. I'm not talking about, you know, this year. I'm talking about late last year. You know, I I think that this was known to the Chinese government uh, somewhere between October and November of last year. And I think had we had that knowledge, and there's some people that say we do have, we did have that knowledge and we didn't do anything. I don't know. I just think that there's more that we could have done to prepare had we had more information. Well, more information is always helpful. Yeah, and I don't want to talk about it too much. I know you guys are probably tired of hearing about it, but it has changed things dramatically. Social distancing, people are really weird. People are driving angry. Here in California, the governor is putting homeless people in hotels. And I do sympathize for the homeless a little bit for the real homeless people. I don't sympathize for the addicts and the criminals that choose that lifestyle. So putting these homeless people in hotels is a big problem because what's going to happen when this when this shelter in place is uplifted is somebody's got to kick them out. And you're going to have a lot of bleeding hearts out there that have a problem with you kicking a homeless person out into the street. And yeah. it's going to be... It's going to be a very challenging time here in this state for the people that have to do it. And I don't know who's going to have to do it, if it's going to be the police or the hotel owners. I didn't even think about that, but you're literally talking about thousands of people that don't normally have a roof over their head. And now they have one, and it's being provided to them. 
And so, number one, how do you do that logistically? How do you logistically remove all those people and now flood them back into the to street? S- the street. Yeah. But beyond the homeless people, this is changing people's lives and this is going to make the world that we used to know, that we used to live in, never the same. Absolutely. Never the same. Yeah. I think that a lot of what we are doing now, a lot of these precautions that they're telling people to do, honestly are common sense precautions that we should have taken a long time ago. If you need to be told to wash your hands <laughs> after using the bathroom, whether you go number one or number two or number zero, I don't care. Whatever you, if you enter a bathroom, wash your hands. I, in our previous employment establishment, I would go in the restroom all the time and I would see a customer leaving the stall. Usually when they're in a stall, that means they're going number two because there's urinals for going number one. They would leave number two stall. They would leave the stall after going number two and walk right out the door touching the handle without washing their hands. Yeah, I've witnessed that myself. I think we all have. And it is it has taken every ounce of self-control that I have not to hunt them down and ask them if they are the most disgusting subhuman person on this planet for not washing their hands after relieving themselves of a nice poop it is ridiculous yeah it is absolutely ridiculous why are you relying on the government to tell you to wash your hands it makes no sense to me i that's all i have to say about coronavirus i i I don't want to talk about too much is is there anything you'd like no i i mean i i feel like we need to talk about it we have talked about it a little bit just because and i could talk about it for 20 minutes because it just I don't, the whole, the whole I don't want to talk about it for 20 minutes. I'm just saying I could because the whole thing is just infuriating to me with the way that people act. Yeah. One quick other thing. If if I catch you licking merchandise or spitting or intentionally coughing in a grocery store in a in a hardware store on the street, if I catch you you will be very, very sorry that you were being an imbecile in any way, shape, fashion, or form. And there's a lot of guys that feel that way. That's just not exclusive to Nick. I will not tolerate it. There's a lot of Nicks out there that aren't going to tolerate that kind of behavior. And I would not tolerate it for one second. I don't think any of our listeners are going to behave that way. I don't either. <laughs> and, and if you would behave that way and you are a listener... Please unbecome our listener. Do not listen. Because that is not what we stand for on this show. We try and be good people. We try and be good men. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. But if that's the kind of person you are, there's no space for you here. Sorry. I know some people aren't going to like that, but that's the way it is. One more quick note on the coronavirus and then we can move forward. I have some friends that live in the state of Michigan. And I'm just going to come out and say it right now. The governor of Michigan has lost her mind okay the control and the unconstitutional laws and regulations and rules that she is putting in place in that state are disgusting 
And you people of Michigan, if you're listening, you need to stand up for yourselves and you need to do what's right and fight back for your constitutional liberties. Because when you just allow them to take, when you allow the government to take those liberties away from you, the chances of you getting them back are very, very slim. So what are you talking about? Because, t- I mean, they've been taken away from us here, you know. They have. They have. It, it doesn't seem as, I mean, I know what's going on, but I think, you know, our listeners might like to know what's going on in Michigan. They will not allow you in Michigan right now to buy certain merchandise. Okay? Like what? Like in stores. They have sections of the stores that are sectioned off. Like what? You can't go buy furniture in the store. You can't go buy paint. You can't go buy a lot of things. You can't take your boat on the lake Mm -hmm. and fish to feed your family when that's one of your skill sets and you don't feel like going to the store. They are pulling people off of the lakes and issuing them citations. Hmm. What is that doing? How is that benefiting anybody? If you're on a boat by yourself... Their lake's like an ocean too. Your social, well, there's, there's hundreds of lakes yeah. in Michigan, but your social distancing, you're not violating anything. Yeah, well, they're doing that here in California. What? They pulled a guy off the beach and issued him. I saw that, yeah. and that is wrong. And I think that that guy owned that part of the beach that yeah. he was on hmm. because he lived on the beach. That's what I heard, anyways. Anyways, I don't want to talk about this forever. It, it really makes my blood boil, as I said. But if you're in Michigan, You need to stand up for your rights and you need to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, am I doing enough? Because once again, once they take your rights and your liberties, we know it here in California, they've taken a lot of things away from us. And realistically, the only way we're going to get them back is if we move. And that's just the reality of it. So So moving forward, I want to talk about, so uh, Nick and I both have young uh, children. And it's so you can't take them to a park right now and they can't go on a play structure. And that's I my son is a he's a four year old and he's got to get out and play. It's a formula that my that my wife has developed. She's a wonderful stay at home mother and wife. And basically, here's our schedule. It's going to go quick. Okay, we get up, we have breakfast, we go outside. We come back, we have a snack. I go in my office and I pretend I work for like two hours and they do an activity and I'll go over a couple activities. And then we have lunch and then our son gets to watch TV for a little bit. And then while he's watching TV, I go back into my office and I pretend to work. And then uh, about three o'clock, I'll come out and I start making dinner. We have dinner at five, finish dinner at five or six o'clock. And at seven o'clock, it's time for bed for him. So... That's kind of how the day goes, and it's actually a really good formula. It works really well for our family, so if you guys are having a hard time, going outside after breakfast before lunch is a critical ingredient. So a couple of the activities we've been doing at our house, one that I really would like to uh, point out is the kinetic sand activity. My son just absolutely loves it. It's a little messy, but and it's nothing a vacuum can't fix. Board games. So what, what exactly is the kinetic sand? Because I'm not familiar with what that is. I can't really explain it to you other than it's like wet sand, uh-huh. but it doesn't leave your hands feeling wet. Really? Yeah, and it comes with like um, little casts and dies where you can make shapes and stuff and 
you know, turn those in, like, you can make, a, like, a little castle with them or whatever. So is it, like, magnetic sand? I don't, I don't know what magnetic sand is. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I feel like I've seen sand before that, or some sort of material that mimics sand that, like, is attracted to magnetic fields. So here's the, here's the thing. You can find it at one of your favorite stores that I know you like okay. to go to. It's 30 bucks. Okay. And it will keep keep your child busy for hours. It's actually my wife's favorite store. She's brainwashed me. And now that's the only place I feel like I can shop because if I shop somewhere else, well, then I'll be crucified. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I, I've been doing is uh, been working out. And that's something I haven't usually had time to do. And it's been good. It's been good for me mentally and obviously physically. And I've been working out with a seventh degree black belt on YouTube. And once I get his permission, I'll post a link to his channel. But it's it's free at eight o'clock, Monday through Friday, and that's just a pretty rare opportunity. And I'm really enjoying that. Eight a.m. or eight p.m. Eight a.m. Okay. Yeah. So, what about you guys? What are you guys doing to? You know, we're kind of doing a little bit of everything. You know, nothing. We don't really have a set schedule like you guys do. We just kind of do what flows and where things take us. Our daughter's two years old. And so it's, I feel like with your son, it's a little bit easier to make things structured for him. It's he, not. <laughs> it's not. You have no idea what kind of meltdowns. Well, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that it's going to be a little bit easier to make things structured. Because right now at the two-year-old, it's, it's, it's her way or the highway, it feels I, like. Yeah, that doesn't stop. We've been doing a lot of things like... You know, deep cleaning certain areas mm-hmm. of the house. We just removed and changed a bunch of the furniture around to make the playroom in a different room and things like that. You know, I've been doing a lot of organizing in the garage. I've been, you know, selling some things that I don't need. I, I'm pretty much going with the rule if I haven't used something in six months to maximum of a year, then it needs to go bye bye. One thing that this whole experience of the virus has taught me is that I have more things in my life than I need. Oh, and yeah. yeah. Simplicity is definitely key. And I'm learning to appreciate the finer things in life rather than all the other things that I've thought I needed. Because I don't. None of them make any difference in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. We just had Easter Sunday. We did, yes. I'm going to tell you, it didn't feel like Easter Sunday for me. And a, I, a lot of people didn't even, I don't even think they realized it was Easter. Yeah. Me and my wife and son went on a trail, and I everybody that walked past us, I said, Happy Easter. And they're like, totally surprised. Like, they hadn't even heard that t- that day right. at all. And this was like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. But it just didn't feel like it. We had some really nice neighbors that in the early morning planted some eggs in our front yard for our son. And I thought that was just really awesome. But it just, we usually get together with family and, you know, everybody's texting everybody, happy Easter. Which, by the way, I don't, I don't like holiday text messages. That's funny because I text you. I know. And I debate on whether to say that, but I just freaking hate them. I hate Oh, Merry Christmas to your family. I don't just just keep it to yourself. Don't think about me. Think about your your family. You know, I I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> I I think that a text message while it might be, you know, 
it, it just reminds to me it reminds me that if I'm important enough for you to send a Merry Christmas or a Happy Easter or something like that, then then you're the kind of person I want to have in my life. It's not that I don't appreciate it. I'm not saying that you don't. It's just all the I'm not a popular guy, okay? But I I know you know I work with a lot of people. I get a lot of text messages. Worked. From, yeah, I, yeah, worked. <laughs> I get a lot of te- text messages from friends and family. Even my family, I don't even want them to text me. It's just annoying, you know? Like, I'll be sitting on the couch, and, you know, usually when I'm with my family, I kind of keep my phone on silent, but, you know, I'll get up and check it just in case there's no missed calls, or, and then I'll have, like, 12 text messages. And then i got to sit there for, you know, 20 minutes and respond to everybody, and it's it's just annoying to me. But yeah. I, I, did Easter feel like Easter for you? I get it. <laughs> A little bit, but definitely, and I, it definitely felt lacking. And I think the reason why it felt lacking for me is not because of gathering or anything like that. I mean, we we had a little bit of a, a get together with my in laws, which we've kind of been quarantining with since the beginning of this whole thing. But it, it I think it just felt different for a lot of people because there is no sense of time right now. You know, people don't even know what day it is. You know what I mean? They're just so, I don't know what the right word is, but they're just. They're just adjusting. Well, they're, they don't even know what to do. Right. They can't just, do anything. I feel like there's a lot of people that we know that are just rolling through this time. Like they're just trying to survive through this time. Whereas personally, and I think you're the same way. You're trying to make the best of this time. I am. And, I, and, and I am actually making the best of it. Right. You're doing things that you don't normally get to do, same as me. I think that there's people out there that are just really struggling. And I, I, I feel sorry for those people. You know, I know people that are in miserable relationships that they don't really want to be spending this time with other people that are in their house. And I, I feel really bad for those people too. But I just think that this Easter felt different because of the time aspect. People have no appreciation right now for the time when I think that they should. Easter's always been a big deal for me. And one of the main things is because it was a day that I got off from work. You know what I mean? A, a guaranteed day off from work. And that's sad. That's not the way it should be. It should be completely different than that. But I don't know. I don't know why it was completely off. That's just one of the things that I could think of why I thought it was off with other people. But who knows? I'm curious to know if you guys think about what you guys think about Easter this year. Um, we're gonna be we're gonna be setting up a twi- well, we have set up a Twitter account. We have an email address. We're getting an Instagram, and we're gonna get a Facebook. So we're gonna want some feedback from you guys on these episodes, on these podcast episodes. In any form you want to give it to us. But I definitely want to give you guys our email address uh, at least once right now just while I'm thinking about it. So you can give us some feedback. I'd like to know if you guys think uh, Easter was off this year and why you think it was off. Or if you think it was on and why you think it was on. Um, Our email address is ninjarobotdino, the number one, at gmail.com. Send us an email. I'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, also, if you want to give us some topics to talk about, we'd be happy to do that. So uh, drop us an email, ninjarobotdino, the number one, at gmail.com. I'm just going to put this out there. 
I'm just so happy that are the Kardashians making shows still or what? I just find them disgusting. I just wrote it down in my book one night and I was like, I'm, are they making shows? I can't get an answer from anywhere on that. But if they are, is it is it irresponsible right now? Are you talking about are they filming right yeah. now? Oh, I don't. I don't think. I. I I'm gonna guess that they're not. I haven't seen anything that they are. Obviously, their show's still out. They're going to still be recording. That's a huge money maker for them. If people are so invested in their lives, I that's all. I just want to. I'm. Just, they're just disgusting. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're not watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians every no, week. No. You know, I don't watch very much TV. Um, I did watch Tiger King. Oh, yeah. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Carol here. Uh, it was so good that I feel like it was produced. And the story was made up. And the websites and the video. It just it feels super high quality to me. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's an aspect of it that is high it's, quality. It's unbelievable. Well, it's because of the way things happened. See, Joe, from my, to my knowledge, this is all my this is all my understanding of it. He brings in this guy to help him make his show more successful, and that guy said, "I'll do it, but I'm also going to use the footage for what I want to use it for." And that's what he did. Yeah. So he helped Joe film his, you know, slime ball whatever TV thing he was doing, but then he turned around and used all the other footage. And made it very successful. I mean, I don't even know how much Netflix paid for all this, but it had to have been a substantial amount of money. Oh, I think they, I, if it's, if the story is real, which I'm a little bit of a, I think outside the box on a lot of things, but if the story is real, I think they stole it. I mean, they didn't have to pay Joe nothing. No, they did not pay Joe anything. Yeah. No, the only person they had to pay was that one guy that was in charge of all of it, that owned the, owned yeah. the footage. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Did you see that one, a reporter in one of the press conferences asked the president if he was going yeah. to pardon him? Yeah. And uh, it was funny because he made a comment about his son, Don Jr. And uh, it was just funny to me. But it's it has been very interesting to see how people have responded to that show during this time. That's something I would never have watched. If I didn't have all this time to myself during this whole thing, there is no way that I can think of that I would have watched that entire series. It I was, know it's a little late, but if you haven't seen it, I watched the first episode. I watched like 30 minutes of the first episode decided it wasn't for me. Then Nick watched it, and he kept sending me references to it. And uh, uh, I, I ended up watching it and really enjoyed it. And they just put out another episode. Yeah. Don't waste your time with it. It's I haven't watched garbage. it. garbage. Okay. I think it's Ryan Seacrest. Uh, Zoom interviewing some of the characters from the gotcha the show. I feel like the show has been peer pressured on everybody. Like I was peer pressured into watching it, then I think I peer pressured you into watching yeah. it, and now we're gonna peer pressure you guys into yeah. watching it. Just watch the show. Uh, if you don't know, I'm just going to warn you guys: it is not. Under any circumstances, a kid-friendly show. Do not watch it with your kids. It's just, there's no way. There's no way. I mean, if you have a 15-year-old kid or 16-year-old kid, then maybe that's a a judgment call for you. But I have a two-year-old daughter. 
Brandon, you have a four-year-old son. There's no way yeah. that, that I would let them watch this show, just so you guys know. So that's that's it about Tiger King. So on our trial podcast, we kind of talked about a couple of stories that made us feel like we were good people. Um, I don't think I need to repeat those stories. Right, if no. you guys want to know them, we can talk. Email us. We'll talk about them in our next podcast. Right. But we just told some stories of some good things that we de- we've done for people, and just things every day that you do, can do good for people, like holding a door open for somebody or um, helping a, 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 a lady who can't reach the top or a man who can't reach the top of a shelf at a grocery store. Right. Or putting something heavy in the cart for them, or whatever. Um, but one of our trial listeners, I got a great story about this. He, uh, him, and his wife were celebrating a, a very special day to them. It was an anniversary of some sort, and he had a very long day at work, and he wanted to surprise her. So it was raining. He got off work. It's 5 o'clock. They usually put their kids to bed around 7. It was raining where he lived, and he was going into a grocery store to get a card and a cake and some other things so they can have, you know, celebrate that, that particular anniversary. And then he had to go pick up some Chinese food. So there's a very small window between 5.30 and 7 and getting all that stuff done. So he's running around trying to get all this stuff done, get the Chinese, her favorite Chinese takeout food getting the card and the cake. It's raining. He's walking into the grocery store, and there's an, an elderly man changing his tire. And he said that the elderly man looked like he was having a hard time. And he said, you know, Brandon, after listening to your last podcast, I felt like I needed to do something good. So I I would have never thought that if I didn't listen to your podcast. So I, in the midst of all this turmoil of trying to get all this stuff done... He asked the old man, do you need help changing your tire? And he said the elderly man looked at him and said, there's nothing more I'd like than some help right now. So he stopped what he was doing, even though he had all this stuff to do and get home and feed everybody and have cake before seven o'clock to help this old man change a tire. And he felt inspired by it. And I think that's one of the, when he, when he emailed me that story, it really put goosebumps on me was, I just got goosebumps yeah, right now it, it was it was really amazing and uh, he shared it with his friends he shared the podcast with his friends so I'm I'm sure that there's some do-gooders out there but try to do something good every day for somebody else yeah absolutely. try to put a smile on somebody's face I think it's important to whether you have something going on or not I mean obviously obviously the man in that story needed help and you know if the trial listener wouldn't have stopped and helped him, who knows if how long the guy would have been there. Exactly. And if that, he would have gotten it done. That's you know what he what said. I mean? And it just goes back to what we talked about in the trial podcast, which is just being being a good person, doing the right thing, no matter what, man. I mean, I watched a video the other day on... It, I think it popped up on my Facebook feed. And I don't remember who who makes these videos, but they make these short videos about being a good person. And the gist of this one was do something for people 
even if they can't do anything for you in return. Oh yeah, you know there, what I mean. There's no no expectations. None, and there shouldn't be any expectations. But I feel like as a society, oftentimes we get away from that. Yeah, we are me 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 all the time, and. It, it needs to be the other way around. It is what can I do for you or how can I help you because karma comes around, man. It totally does. Yeah. You know, if you do good things, good things will happen to you. If you do bad things, if you're a scumbag, you know, if you're if you're one of those people that is not going to lift a finger to help somebody else, well, when you need help, good luck. Yeah. You know, I've always prided myself on and some people even say that I'm too nice. I'm too nice of a person. And sometimes I've even questioned whether or not I'm too nice of a person. Sure. But I will drop what I'm doing to help you. Yeah. You know? Anybody. I I have people that I know that live 20 hours away from me. And if there's something that I can do to help them within reason, obviously, I mean, I can't get get to a place that's 20 hours away in 5 minutes. But if I if they need my help, they know that they can call me. You know what I mean? If I have a truck, which I do, and hopefully nobody holds this to me because I hate moving, but if you call me and say, I really need to help moving this piece of furniture, <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna suck it up and do it. That's just the that's just the kind of person I am. Yeah. And I hope that there's more people out there like that than I think they are. Me too. And I, I know there are. I I wouldn't I know there are. You just don't see them as just, much. They're, they're, you know, they're hard to find. They're but, like a spotted owl. Yeah. <laughs> they're just and, <laughs> mystical creatures. So the other day, me and my wife and my son decided we need to get out of the house. So we got some lunch and we took it. You remember that church you showed me with the little picnic area? That is, that is a fantastic place. It is. So especially I, when nobody's there. Yeah. It's, it's it is so like engulfing yeah it's just a it's just a it's hidden from the street you can't you never know it's there unless somebody told you some somebody told you so you know it, it was nice weather so i took my wife and son over there and when we showed up i was surprised to see there was two elderly ladies not practicing social distancing mm-hmm. that they were uh, you could tell they're friends but they just needed to see each other mm-hmm. and Guys, I really don't care if you practice social distancing or not. Just stay away from me. Yeah. And anyways, I know some people shame other people for doing. For well, doing I'm going to shame some people really quick. Sorry to interrupt you. Let me let me. Okay, finish go ahead. Story. Go ahead. Yeah. So, as we were sitting there, I kind of looked over, and you know, I'm a car guy. I just want to see what kind of cars they were driving. And one lady was driving a Chrysler product. We happened to be across the street from a Chrysler dealership. And her hazard lights were on as she was sitting at a bench talking to her friend. And the car was off. And I noticed it. I ate my lunch. And I really thought about doing the right thing. So I practiced safe social distancing and stood about 10 feet away from her. And I said, excuse me, ma'am, do you know your hazard lights are on? She goes, Yeah. I do. I, I don't know how to turn them off. I've been driving around like that for a week. And I'm like, okay. I said, would you like for me to turn them off? She goes, oh my God, that would be so wonderful. So I got in her car, which was filthy and disgusting, by the way, and smelled like throw up, which you wouldn't expect. 
and proceeded to turn her hazard lights on. It did take me a, a, a few seconds to figure out where that button was. So I turned them off, and she said, she told her friend, oh, thank you. She was looking at her friend and talking to me. She goes, thank you so much. I've been driving around like that for a week, and I feel like such a fool. And I said, hey, it's okay, you know. Uh, next time, if you have any problems, just take it to the dealership right there that we can see. Anyways, <laughs> you can see from where you're literally sitting. And then I, you know, I, I sat down with my wife and I was like, you know, if that was two, let's say, men in their mid forties, would I have offered my assistance? That's a fair question. I don't, I don't know, you know, and it, it just made me think about consequences of of doing the right thing sometimes. Or what if it was two twenty one year old girls? Yeah. yeah, would I go? Am I gonna, you know, go offer them my help, you know, and have to deal with the consequences if they don't, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because people, it's, you just never know how people are gonna respond. But it's, I think that speaks volumes to the way society is that you even have to have that conversation with yourself. Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a careful, calculated, measure fifty times cut once kind of guy. Right. Yeah. Right. Definitely. So it's it it's yeah it just shouldn't be that way yeah it shouldn't have to be that way anyways um I I would like to talk about something really quick <laughs> uh, I would like to say I've as I said earlier in the episode I have been selling a few things that I don't need around my house and I have been selling them on a popular uh, online sale site practicing social distancing all that kind of stuff even though you know what honestly i am practicing social distancing and i'm being safe about it as at least i think i'm being safe about it and you know what if i don't want to do it and i don't want to practice social distancing that's up to me but anyway so i'm selling these things on on this site and i would like to talk about showing up to a transaction prepared <laughs> and I'm so frustrated. I am so, so frustrated with these people. Okay? You talk, you email, you text, however you're going to formulate your transaction, you know the terms going into it pretty much. I mean, the days of, you know, you're going to, you know, you're showing up to a, a, a deal and you're trying to barter and, you know, negotiate. A lot of people like to negotiate before they even move, before they even get out of their car. Before they even show up, before they even leave their house, okay? Which I totally get. I'm I, I'm not the person that's going to get super upset about that. Now, if it's something that needs to be looked at, so you can appreciate the value, like an automobile or something like that, a car, a motorcycle, those things, I don't think you should be negotiating before you arrive. But in this instance, I'm selling a coat rack, okay? A metal coat rack I've had for a long time. It's just collecting dust. In my garage, literally just sitting there. Okay. Somebody messages me, they're interested in purchasing my coat rack for the agreed upon price of $45. We arrange a time and a place to meet, safe location, social distancing, the whole nine yards. Okay. We arrive to the transaction. They were semi punctual, only five minutes late, which is in my definition of okay when you're dealing with this uh, this type of situation. That's fine. Whatever. We get ready to conduct the transaction. Obviously, there's no inspection that needs to be done. This is just a simple metal coat rack. The lady 
gets out of the car. She's with a man. And she hands me a $100 bill. (sighs) That's exactly what I did. I took a big deep breath because I did not want to unload on these people. I had half the mind for a second to take the $100 bill and get in my truck and leave. But I didn't. And I looked at this lady and I said, what am I supposed to do with that? (laughs) And she goes, well, I don't understand. And I said, I don't have change for a $100 bill. So what am I going to do with it? I said, this is a $45 item. And I'm thinking to myself this whole time, okay, you're showing up to purchase a $45 item. You don't bring a $50 bill. You don't bring 320s. You bring a $100 bill and expect the person you're conducting the transaction with to be your personal bank. To have exact change. To have exact change. And I, and I did not have the change. And even if I did, I probably would have told her I don't have the change. I am not her change machine. I am not her cash machine. I am not her personal banking associate. Well, a lot of people do that to uh, for a scam. You know, that you give them a fake $100 bill and they get their, you know, $55 back. Well, they just gave you a 50 cent fake $100 bill and made you made $55. You know, I didn't even think about that. But in this situation, uh, she went and uh, went through a, a drive-through, which another irritation factor because I was sitting there watching her. Last time I checked, every drive-through says no bills over twenty dollars accepted. Uh, they appeared to have purchased a very inexpensive beverage and got the rest in change. So not only did she inconvenience me with time. Not only did she inconvenience me with not being prepared for the transaction, but then she also inconvenienced the people at the fast food restaurant. And then most importantly, she inconvenienced herself by not showing up prepared. If you're going to conduct business, people, if you're going to conduct business, you're going to conduct a transaction, you're going to do anything similar to the situation I've just described to you, please Please, please do us all a favor and show up to the transaction prepared to do business the proper way, okay? If you're buying a $45 item, do not show up with a $100 bill. And if the lady somehow is listening and can somehow figure out who I am and that it was her with the transaction, ma'am, show up prepared next time. And there will not be any issues. Show up to your transactions prepared, people. Thank you. Speaking of showing up prepared, um, we're not going to get really political. At least I'm not. Uh, not yet. But if you guys didn't witness the uh, press conference with Trump on April 13th, <laughs> you missed a heck of a show. It yeah. was It was the greatest press conference I've ever witnessed for any president ever. Whether you like President Trump or not is irrelevant. You 
cannot you cannot watch that press conference and not appreciate the amount of savageness that he has inside him. He literally does not care. No. At all. No. Does not it no he has no cares in the world about what you think or what your opinion is. He He's, is this is a man that has nothing to lose. Zero. He has literally nothing to lose at this point. Nothing. So, uh, just Google it. Trump press conference, April 13th. It is... Hilarious. Just just skip to the part where you see the video screens. (laughs) The first time I've ever seen video screens on a press conference. Dude, I laughed so hard when I watched this. Just skip to that part. I think it's like 30 minutes into it. And it's like a two-hour, 20-minute press conference. I didn't watch the whole press conference, but I watched that part. It was... Just watch it, guys. Probably one of the best five minutes I've had in the last two months. Yeah. That's a guy who came prepared. Yeah, absolutely. A guy who does not come prepared is my gardener. He, uh, for you, anybody who's a gardener or shows up to people's houses on a regular basis to do work, pool guy, you guys need to be consistent with your timing. You know, I, I one time he comes at eight. And they, he usually comes on my day off, and I think he does that on purpose because I always got to talk with him about something, you know. So now that I don't have a day off, I'm off all the time. Now he gets to see me all the time. Well, I got a schedule as I went over with you guys earlier. Well, he shows up at eight. He shows up at eleven. He doesn't show up at all. He shows up on Friday now. So it's it kind of it's difficult to keep somebody employed that is inconsistent with their timing. So. It, be punctual and if you're gonna be late just shoot me a text it's fine you know i just wanted to vent that i wrote that down i just think it's important and i think a lot of people in those with those kinds of jobs pool guy gardener uh, those types of jobs they don't really care about consistency or they're not they don't none of them seem to be very, very punctual speaking of gardeners for just a second <laughs> that just reminded me of something i have a gardener as well and, you know, a lot of people have said, well, Nick, you have all this time off now. Why do you still have your gardener? Well, if I fire my gardener, number one, he's been my gardener for years, okay? He does a pretty darn good job. And I just have to say that, you know, while he does a good job most of the time, sometimes there's a few things that just irritate me. And right now, after hearing that story from Brandon... I'm a little bit irritated. And that's because a few months ago, I I always have an issue with my grass, it seems like. Always. There's always an issue. Something we have to do. The soil around here is garbage. Absolutely garbage. And there's always some sort of issue with the grass. Well, he told me he needed to purchase this gallon of this stuff that he was going to use over the every other week for the next couple months. And it had to be refrigerated. He's used the product once, and it's been sitting in my refrigerator ever since. Taking up valuable real estate. Valuable real estate. I could have a whole nother half rack of beer in there. (laughs) Because that's my designated beer shelf. So half of my shelf is being taken up with this chemical 
and then the other half is beer. And I'm sure you got to hear it from your wife too. Oh, you know it. <laughs> oh, you know it. Is 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 he ever gonna take this stuff out of here? I'm tired of looking at it. Yep. Well, you know, I, I can only control what I can control. But again, this goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning of the episode. Do what you say you're gonna do. If you tell your customer they need to buy this product, use the product. And to my gardener, if you hear the podcast, I love you. You do a great job. Appreciate everything you do. But can we please get this stuff out of my fridge? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I got a very similar problem. I uh, um, When we got laid off, the first thing I did is just, I was like, hey, I don't know how serious this is going to be. So I went and got some stuff, right? I mean, I'm I'm Italian, so I'm pretty prepared for things. Right. You know, we we always we I haven't had to buy toilet paper in months. That's how prepared I am for right. things. Um, I bought it this 15 pound brisket the, the day after, and it's just been sitting in my fridge. And every day I look at it, and my my wife, you know, she doesn't say too much, but yesterday she goes, "I cannot wait to get this thing out of my fridge because it takes up a whole shelf." You know, and the reason why I haven't made it is it takes like it's gonna take like 16 hours, and after six hours, you gotta wrap it with butcher paper, and then you gotta monitor, it. and then you you know you monitor it for the six hours. It's in butcher paper, and depending on what temperature is outside and the calibration of your, I use a, a, a pellet smoker. Depending on all these different things, it can take 12 to 16 hours. And there's six-hour intervals of things that you have to do. So it's like I'm gonna have to put like wake up in the middle of the night to wrap a brisket. You know, it's just <laughs> not interested. <laughs> it's just more work than I care to do right now, and uh, it's actually gonna expire tomorrow. So I'm either gonna have to freeze it, chuck it, or cook it. Cook it. Yeah, just well, cook it. I have a family member that makes tremendous, and I mean tremendous brisket. He used to own a barbecue restaurant. And he came to visit me a few months ago, and I told I told him I said, "Hey, can you bring me some brisket?" And he goes, "Well, how many you want?" And you know, usually he brings me one or two. I had him bring me twelve, so I have a whole freezer full of smoked brisket, and I just made one actually. Just it's amazing. It's already smoked. It's smoked. Okay. It's vacuum sealed, and I reheat it the way he tells me to reheat it, mm-hmm. and you cannot tell for five seconds that it was not made today. Wow. I mean, it is spectacular. So I love brisket. It's, yeah. It's my favorite. He processes it in a way where you don't get any fat or anything mm-hmm. like that. So it's pretty cool. Is it done locally? No, he lives in Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So, well... That's pretty much all we got for the show today, I think. Yeah, um, I know it's kind of ending abruptly. Um, we have a lot to talk about. So we didn't, I mean, this is a completely improvised show. Yes. Uh, th- there are a couple things that I write down uh, between podcasts that I feel like need to be addressed or talked about, or I just need to vent. And um, Nick will text me some things. So he'll say, hey, you know, write this down in your book because he doesn't like making lists. So, um, but this show is completely improvised. We're going to start working on our next show immediately. And uh, we'll get this out to people that we think will appreciate it. And mm-hmm. if you guys want to share it, share it. If there's any, if you find the content interesting, you laughed, you, you cried, you know, you, you just find it interesting, please share the podcast. I mean, that's how we are going to be able to get this thing grown. And just we just want people to hear it. You know, we want to be 
a light for people and and for people to be able to just enjoy listening to something. Um, like I told you guys earlier, we have an email set up. That's ninjarobotdino1, the number one, at gmail.com. We have a Twitter page. We're on Podbean, and we are also on uh, iTunes Podcasts, which is probably the, the largest place people are going to listen. Yeah. Um, can we put a link to like our Twitter and our email on in our bio? Yes. Yeah, okay. actually we can. Okay. So I will I will make sure that stuff gets linked up, and uh, you know hopefully within the next few episodes we'll have everything up and running. Oh, we're gonna have a everything go to YouTube as well. So it's it's a work in progress, but we appreciate your guys' patience and the guaranteed way that we're gonna get your comments and your feedback and your topics that you want us to talk about is to email us. So once again, it's Ninja Robot Dino the number one at gmail.com. and until next time, I guess we'll see you guys later. Over and out. Thanks, guys.